0: all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK.
1: Pinch, punch, it's the first day of the month, Rush Nation. What is happening? We're into February. How did we get here? It felt like 2023 was only yesterday and... Suddenly, we're a 12th of the way through the year. It's unbelievable stuff. We're a week away from the big one, the final dance of the season. Big man, how are we? Man, it's,
2: uh, it's good, man. Like you say, we're one game away from knowing who is going to be Super Bowl champions. Um, it's been wild. It's been a wild week. It's been a lot going on. Um, I did make a couple of friends today. So, I thought I'd bring him along. So, I'd like you to meet my first friend that arrived today. So, I'll put this one over here. And I couldn't have him on his own. So, we've got another one here. So I just do the rest of the show like this?
1: I don't know who you think you are, Mr. Lesnar, but stop it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Come in. It's belt day. Everyone loves belt day. So... Yeah. Is it
1: officially Belt Day across the fantasy community today, or is it just Belt Day in your household?
2: Belt Day in my household. They arrived today. Oh. So um it's good. So yeah, it's I love prize season. Prize season's awesome. So uh nice to get some prizes in um in the door. Um most of the prizes we've been uh responsible for are being handed out. Um still and you've got a whole bunch of listener league winner t
1: shirts. I do, but the um, the T-shirt supplier did me dirty and missed off two uh, shirts. And rather than go to the post office twice, they have they have accepted that they missed them off the order and they are yes. being processed as we speak. So as well, soon I, as I have them, the whole order will go out because I can't. My local post office is miles away. I say miles away. It's not open at the times so I can get to it. So I have to go once on the weekend and I don't want to go twice if that makes sense. So once the shirts get to me, I'll do the whole order and then they will be on their way to you. So well, apologies on seen, that. But I've seen them. If you've won one, I want to see a sneak preview,
2: get in touch with me um, at the usual places. And uh, yeah, well, I can definitely give you the sneak preview. I have told the two people whose shirts didn't arrive because didn't know if you were going to send them out uh, or not. But this, this is the great thing with, with our leagues is, you know, we don't do cash leagues as i mentioned last week so um you know we do prizes where we can if it's charity leagues or whatever it is and you know we we make sure that they either get donated to us or we we pay for them ourselves effectively out of what we run the pod out of so it's um it's nice to do that it's nice to get the t-shirts they're good collection over uh, a nice collection of listener League t-shirts over the years um, so yeah they're good people really like them so it's it's nice to get them out and uh, people will enjoy them um, but yeah we the charity leagues we've done the ffCC trophies on its way to the winner. The, the FFCC plate. Has made its way to Brian Drake. We'll get him on the show this off season to present his plate. Um, it'd be a virtual presentation where he'll have to pretend to lift it himself and like <laughs> it. Well, I'll have to try. I do have a plate here for which I won from the UFC a couple of years ago. So I could use that and do like some really cool. We'll have to like do some practice. Anyway, we'll get to that. It's completely off point. But yeah, love hardware, love prizes. Um just on the say,
1: on the listener, on the listener league t shirt. Sorry, Murph to interject. There is a normally if you are a previous winner or you have purchased one from the store, they come with a Rush Nation somewhere on the back. They used to be at the bottom of the T-shirt. Let me move them to the nape of the neck. This year, however, there is a brand new design on the back of every listener league, which Murph has not seen. So he can show you the front, but he cannot show you the back. So it's not on the FFCC T-shirt because that is a unique T-shirt in its own right. It's not on the champions champions t shirt because again that is a unique t shirt. But this year, that for the first year, the listener leagues have got a design on the back that has not featured anywhere across the five yard ever. So
2: that's exciting. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. That's amazing. (laughs) I tell people that I have nothing to do with the t shirts, and people don't believe me. And I'm like, I genuinely, (laughs) this is proof. I genuinely have nothing to do with them. So (laughs) if you didn't believe me, this is this is like proof i guess (laughs) yeah that's the case um it is a nice segue i i know you went here last week how are you doing anyway from last week yeah no i where you were what you were doing but you were sort of a bit banged up and on ir so
1: yeah so i i had a i had a doctor's appointment for my so those long time audio ogs will know that i blew out my acl and pcl and lcl oh man, that what 14 years ago now. And that story has occasionally come up when we've talked about knee injuries in the past. And then my so that was my left knee and then my right knee started hurting. And it was exactly the same pain that I went through when I had my left knee. And I thought I need to go and get this checked out. So I went to the doctors and it happened to be on the same day that my orthopedic um, surgeon does his clinic. So the doctor said, look, rather than wait, I'll phone them up, see if there's a space in his clinic, which there was. So I went straight up to the clinic, saw him. It was a hell of a day. And then the journey home from George's to my new house is a lot further than it used to be. So I just I couldn't get back. But it turns out all's well with the knee. I've just swollen the patella tendon or patella tendon. Sorry. And I just need to take it easy. And actually, this week has been much better than last week. So I think when I went to the doctor, I was at the peak of the pain. And I was worried that the pain was going to be worse from that point. And it actually, I've done a few stretches and I've used a bag of sweet corn from the freezer every night to just try and, uh, keep it down. And, and so far so good. So yeah, it's, But it was got to the point where driving was hurting and that's, that's you know, great. no, but it, this week's much better. So I, uh, yeah, one week on IR, thankfully the NFL rules do not apply to us and, uh, I'm back. <laughs> that's good, man. It's
2: good. And, uh, that gave me an idea for a new T-shirt: the uh, Nutella tendon, not the patella tendon.
1: The Nutella, t- I mean, yeah, okay. we, we, You could do it with the
2: old knee, with the old jar. And you know you could,
1: you could, you could go? Didn't Dan Campbell talk about eating ankles or knees or something?
2: Yeah. <laughs> so
1: there you go. So, yeah.
2: you can get a of Dan, <laughs> Dan Campbell
1: and the Nutella tendon e-
2: eating the Nutella tendon. There we go. We got there. <laughs> Every week is a new t-shirt idea. Make sure you stay tuned for that. We were on the subject of prizes. So I'm going to lower the tone because you weren't here last week. I talked about um, what was going on in the fantasy community with a certain individual who hadn't paid out uh, fantasy winnings. So a a few of us, and this is a shout out to uh, Jack Humphrey, Matt Cullen, uh, Rich Cooling, former former, uh, dynasty host here uh, at Five Yard. And Dan Hughes um, and a a few other folks as well behind the scenes have been working to get paid, send messages, get some more clarification on how these leagues were run, get some information. The good news that we have that we received this week yesterday was that the 2023 winnings have been paid and have been paid out to people. So that's about £3,000 worth. So that has been paid out. What is outstanding and what hasn't been paid is the 2024 fees. Now, not all the leagues they run were Dynasty Leagues, so therefore the fee significantly less. It's estimated that the fees about about £1,000. There's a bit more confidence that these things will be paid out in due course and will be paid in a timely manner. Um, I don't know when. Um, the individual that's involved I've blocked ultimately now um, you know we're at the point now where the loss to people is I don't want to say insignificant because no loss is insignificant but it's significantly less than what some people were losing without this payout so um it's not said I care less because that's not it but this person had stopped replying to me anyway um I'd made my viewpoints pretty clear um there's a second individual involved that person has paid out the money. Um, I I just want to clarify a few things because some people read my comments yesterday. Um, Yes. Yeah. Would have been yesterday. And there seemed to be some praise for this person's actions. And then some condemnation on my part that I was condemning this person in the same way that I was condemning the original person who who didn't pay out this money. I think it's fair to say that I'm not really happy with the conduct of either individual um and i don't think that the second individual should get praised for paying out money um which was due when they took a rake in leagues that they didn't tell everybody about and you know when you take a rake it's a service and at the end of the day um they didn't conduct a good service um so that that's my viewpoint look but I, i'm not going to sit here and throw people under the bus and i'm not going to sit here and say that this person is a thief clearly the second individual is not this person did pay the money like as soon as they got it they went diligently through and paid through everybody they're clearly not the same level of impropriety here and i'm not suggesting that my my issue is that self guards were not put in place for this money you know here's an example you me stocks we have a joint bank account for five yard rush right so we have a bank account that you access that i can access etc and whenever there's significant purchase or something to be made we talk about it and then it goes out right it's pretty standard stuff like that money is something that we both control we both have visibility now we don't even collect league fees because we don't charge league fees we don't have paid leagues but for stuff that we pay for, it's pretty transparent. We both have access to it. We can see what the other has spent, and and all of this. So it's not a mystery because we're a partnership. You know, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, like if you're in a partner with somebody, it's not that I don't trust you. It wasn't anything like, like I don't even have a bank card to the account because I don't need it really. I just occasionally have sort of borrowed yours. So that's that we have such a high level of trust. It's not because we don't trust each other. It's just for fail safe. I spent a lot of time in hospital last year. If stuff needed to get paid, there need to be another person on the account. It's it's pretty straightforward stuff. Like you're in a partnership where both of you are on the hook for stuff, it just means that there's equal accountability and it means you need to have equal access. It's not it's not a trust thing. So mm-hmm. you've got to have fail-safes in place. If if like I was out for I was inoperable for probably a good four months last year where I just couldn't do anything. And if stuff needed to get paid and done, like it was the off-season, but this is the time where stuff needed to get paid, you'd have had to have paid it. <laughs> and you'd have had to have known what to pay, where to pay, and 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 had access to that. And if you didn't have a card or access to the account, you wouldn't have been able to do it. So that's, mm. you know, it's just it's common sense, really, that you have something like that in place. Now, uh, that's just my viewpoint and view of the world other people have different viewpoints and that's fine i'm just expressing my opinion that if you're going to charge a rake which is illegal by the way by the game commission you're not allowed to do that but if you do <laughs> um make sure you do the service and have due diligence and checks and and accountability in place so that if something was to happen there's that but effectively just don't run mass leagues and get money paid through paypal and bank accounts like put it on a third party app um that's not saying i'm condemning cash leaks and private leagues and all that because i don't i said that last week um i'm the way i look at it now is the good thing is this money's been paid back in majority 75 percent of it maybe a little more has been paid back there's a little bit to go there seems to be a willingness to pay that back you always feel a little bit more relaxed when the majority of the money gets paid everybody's kind of just cooled down a little bit and that and that's good and it's good that this money is starting to make its way, like that three grand has made its way to the players. So I can confirm that. So that it's, a, it's a better place than we were a week ago, which is great. Still a little bit of way to go, but this will play out the way it needs to play out. But compared to what, I don't know if you you're not on, on Twitter or X or you're yep. on Must Fun ground, but I tell you what, we in the UK, we've had our own drama. In America, they just took it 10x. They basically said, oh, look, the UK community has got an issue with people stealing money. Um Yeah america hold our beer because it went off it's basically a, a private league where an individual didn't pay the fees for about a month and then he said i will pay but i'll pay by check he collected the money by venmo um and this guy basically was relentless saying this is ridiculous Someone in the league defended the person the commission who hadn't paid out. So, this from what I understand, this league is about four years old. The money has been paid out every year, but it hadn't been paid out after a month. The guy who came second was due money, was like, Give me money, my money. I want my money, I want to know what's going on. The commission was ignoring these messages. There was reading them, they were on the read receipts in the group chat, but they weren't (laughs) responding. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So then he starts kicking off saying, like, I want my money, this is ridiculous someone who was in the league and has been since the beginning, uh, who is a a woman. And the only reason I mentioned that is for the context of the statements that were coming out, basically said like, chill out. It will get paid when it gets paid. And so this guy went off and called her a B word. Um, hence why I mentioned she's a female, not for any other reason other than that. And, um, she then took offense to that as you probably would, and she then took this off the sleeper chat, put it into Twitter or feel on And basically tried to shame this guy saying like, this guy's called me a, a B word. This is ridiculous. Like, who does this guy think he is? And this guy's gone, context, here's the group chat. <laughs> she threatened the cease and desist letter saying like, because he basically said, Well, you must be in on it. Like you must be in on this scan. Yeah. Um, he ran a poll, ten percent of people said he's he's overreacting. And he was quite passive, aggressive, and even borderline aggressive in a number of his messages. But he's pissed off, he's not been paid. Like he has a reason yeah. to be peed off. Did he take it too far? That's it, not for really me to say, go read the messages yourself. It kicked up a notch even further. So yesterday. The commissioner of this league, the one who owes him money, calls this guy and says, like, basically, this guy outed him and said, oh, by the way, this commissioner in Arizona has been taken to court six times for failure to pay and fraud and all this sort of stuff. And by the way, the amount we're talking about, I think, is like $100. <laughs> it's not even like, a... I can't remember if it's $100 or it's $100 buy-in. But either way, it's, it's like one league. And this guy's like, I want my money. I want my money. Um, and in the, the commission's basically like phone him up. It's a 12 minute phone call. He threatens to kill this guy's wife, pets him and like threatens harm. And he's basically saying like, until you stop being a scumbag, I'm not going to pay you. And I'm like, imagine being like so chill about it that not chill. Cause he wasn't, he was really aggressive, but imagine going to like, Oh yeah. Until you're really nice to me, I'm going to, I'm going to not pay you. And like, what? <laughs> it's Ugh. just, it's just. If you want like a ridiculous drama, like Hollywood couldn't script it better, um, just go find it on on Twitter. So if you just search for, and I'm gonna uh, pull up the guy's handle. Um, That's his crazy. Name, no. Yeah, his name is Elvin Elvin Ryan. Um, what's even better is. So one of the quotes was, like, um, the commissioner phoned him and said basically, like, oh, well, you know what a raccoon tastes like. He's basically saying, like, he's backwater, S-C-U-M, basically. Yeah. so now Elvin um. has changed his profile picture to a raccoon and has <laughs> put raccoon water <laughs> from the swamp, <laughs> It's just just, like, wild. Um,
1: so, yeah. It's not, it's, that's next level.
2: Oh, mate, it, just go and check it out. His handle is at Elvin Ryan underscore FF. It's just like next level wild. Like, and I thought we've had some dramas in this community. I think we handle it pretty well when we can. That's just like Season's Assist letters. 12 minute That's phone neat. calls and the guy airs. So, he, this guy Elvin has literally screenshotted and recorded this phone call and he put eight minutes of it up onto it with the guy's phone number. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, he's like, just to let you know, mate, I'm posting this on Twitter. And he's like, I don't give a uh, like, just quite. honestly, I'm like, it shouldn't laugh because it is people's money and it's wrong and it damages the community but it's just how it's escalated to that level. And it's one league. It's just, I just don't, um, I have no words for it. It's just nuts.
1: It does bring out the worst in people, doesn't it? Price season its all. It is great when you're winning and stuff's paid, but when stuff isn't paid, it really does bring out the worst in people.
2: I think that's it. Isn't it? Like, if I can only just say one thing, I'm going to do an episode on on fantasy commissioners with a um, with a great bloke, um, and I can't wait to do it. It's a special sort of one off. But yeah, I think if you're just a commish, right, you are basically responsible for seven people's, eleven people's, thirteen people's, whatever size your league is. How nine people's, fifty people, hundred people, happiness for four or five months, or if it's a dynasty league, like all year round. Yeah, And, like, it's not something to be taken uh, lightly. <laughs> and my guy Pestle's jumped in. Yeah, better than any British soap <laughs> opera. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, absolutely wild. By the way, shout out to Pestle and the, and the guys at Fields of Fantasy. So they were nominated for uh, Sports Podcast Awards. They unfortunately didn't win. They were robbed, um, unfortunately. But um, absolutely great guys. I was on their pod. Uh, about a week ago i think um i kind of lose ch- uh, like time but i talked about like the community and this was before this sort of stuff came out about like <laughs> stealing funds and everything. And i was just like yeah, okay bad timing, but also good timing because it kind of talks about all the positives of, of the community but yeah I, I i just think yeah it if you're a commissioner you're responsible for people's happiness at the end of the day so like it shouldn't be underestimated the job of commission Yeah, and know most people they kind of just run a league and it's all automated etc but if you can just chime in every now and again with something fun or whatever it is um yeah it's just fun <laughs> but we're claiming fourth because they only tell you like first second third I, i'll give you four I, I think you should just put like a new category like most robbed <laughs>
1: do you know Um, do you know what i think i think for me the worst bit about and why potentially it gets so fractious in paid leagues especially dynasty leagues is if you if you're in a dynasty league whether it be five pounds with your mates or a a big time money one run by some a professional outfit you because i'm in a money league with a a few friends and my team has has been poor well it started terribly then it got poor then it's been average and i finished top five I think top six this year is if you are consistently average to poor or having to rebuild in a money league you just feel as if you're just throwing money at the wall for somebody else to take and then if you do manage to after four or five seasons or however long get to the playoffs get to the first second game get your money at that point you're just thinking look I've put so much into this now I need some money back and yeah, i think I, that might make it worse it's if you've been in the doldrums for so long
2: yeah i i i just think at the end of the day like there's a reasonable expectation on when things should be done i think if you're in a if you're in a, a league that charges people to play in then that's got to be done instant like i don't care like within 48 hours that money has to be paid you're charging a service that's got to be done. Anything outside that is unacceptable. If I won a contest, on and I don't play on DraftKings, I don't gamble like that, but if I did, and DraftKings hadn't paid me after 48 hours, I would find that unacceptable. So if I pay a, a rake into a league, why would I also not think that's unacceptable? That, that is blown to me. Especially mm. some of the rakes were like 20%. So they're taking one-fifth of the pot. Like, what are you running an admin fee for if you're not even doing the service? That's the part I, I, I get really aggravated about if it's a friendly league right and i think you've got to kind of judge it on the history of the league history of payouts like if the guy pays it like six weeks and that's just what he does every season and that's just the norm then obviously you kind of know right um but i think this is where leagues and paid leagues don't have like set constitutions and I'm not saying everything needs to be completely formal when you're playing with mates, but there is always that temptation that the commission can not pay, um, cannot pay things. Pitsy's saying he's saying we need to chat about the buy. I take it Pitsy's in your league, and that's
1: why. He is, yeah. P- Pitsy's yeah. the commissioner in the said league.
2: Oh, well, there you go. So, look, I think it's, it's one of those that, like, I think regardless of how well you trust and know somebody, there's always that temptation. Don't forget in, in fantasy football, these payouts are right after Christmas so it's like it's a tough time people are lean i'm not excusing it i'm not saying people should ever dip into that money but the bottom line is there has to be like an element of transparency and honesty and do you know what even if someone said look to be honest yeah I, I borrowed it for a couple of weeks i get paid at the end of january i'll pay it out then i promise like you kind of think okay you probably shouldn't have done that but at the same point it's like well you pay it and we've been doing this for eight years like does it Does it really matter kind of thing? I'm not trying to lean it either way, but I think you have to formalize processes. And I think it also depends on the amount of money. I think if you're playing for 10 as 20 quids, I'm not saying that's an insignificant amount of money either, by the way, but I'm thinking that the risk is significantly less. If you're playing in leagues that are like £100 plus buy-ins, which I know people do, that money's got to be in team stake. That's just too much temptation for somebody to walk away with. If if things go, someone loses a job, someone whatever, right? And I think it's, and I'm not, I'm not saying that people are inherently dishonest. I, I even go all the way back to this situation with this commissioner who delayed paying out three grand. I don't think he's inherently dishonest because he's paid the money back. I just think there was, there's got to have been a situation where he didn't have that money, and now he does. I don't yeah. care how it
1: happened, but that that situation should be removed from the possibility.
2: And that's my point. When you get to a level of money where it's a significant amount of money, that absolutely should be the case. It should be the case in all leagues, but then I think if you're playing with mates and it's a tenner ahead, like I think
1: 100
2: quid, 120 quid, it's kind of like, it's it's such a low, I don't want to say an insignificant amount, it's not, but it's kind of like, if something happened to 120 quid, people aren't going to fall out over it. Yeah. Like you're not. If you're like, oh yeah, that eighty quid for winning, I'll, I'll give it to you next month. You be like, yeah, all right, whatever. Like it's not yeah. enough to where you're gonna fall out over. When obviously when you increase prize pots, people are going to fall out if things don't get paid. So just remove the temptation. Formalise your processes. Have a constitution. Try and put these leagues into. And I, and I get it. People don't want to use a team stake because they're paying a rake. They pay a fee to do it,
1: but. I mean. It's likewise. continuity and safety, isn't it? That's what you're paying the rake for.
2: That is exactly it. You you know that money will be paid out. <laughs> That's the end of the day. You know you're going to get your money at the end of the season. You know it's there if you win. And if you don't win, you don't win. Yeah, okay. You pay an extra £1, £52 service fee. <sighs> yeah. Either reduce the league fee or whatever. Like, it's just not enough of a reason to not do it especially when the stakes are significant that's yeah. kind of it when in unprecedented times uh in the economy in you know so many people out of work job market shrinking mortgages increasing inflation all of these factors are just temptation is big i don't judge anybody like at the end of the day and i situation i happen. think
1: sometime, sometimes sometimes you've got the temptation side of it, but that, and, and again, I'm not excusing said individual from behavior, but no. that there could have been a moment where he's got that money and he needs it to pay something and he doesn't have it elsewhere. Whereas normally he just, he wouldn't be able to pay it, but he, he's got it there waiting. And it could have been anything like, I, I don't want to I don't want to say it could have been energy bill when he needed to heat his home or it could have been yeah. his car's broke or and he didn't have it but then he did so he could get his car because that sounds like I'm I'm making it okay which it never is it'd be like the way I equate this is if you went to McDonald's and got a n- five nugget box on the drive through you opened it up before you'd even driven out of the drive through and there was only four nuggets that's twenty percent of your steak there's your rake on a chicken nugget you drive back round and make and make it happen
2: yeah but, I, and I think as well just that temptation's there. It's there for a lot of people. It's a lot of money. If even if that happens, right. Be honest about it. People are understanding. I think Mm -hmm. most of the people I spoke to in this situation were just like, it's the not knowing part. That's the part that was. And I think people would have been upset. I don't doubt that, but he's paid the money now. So if he, if his plan was always to wait until this day to pay the money, If he'd been transparent about it, people would have been a a little bit annoyed. But I don't think it would have got to the point where people were really angry and posting angry posts on social media Mm. and contacting his work, etc. I think he wouldn't have been in charge. I mean, he would have been kind of in a similar situation to where he is now, but without the hate. It would have been like, we don't want you to be in charge anymore. We don't want you handling the money anymore. We get it. You've paid it. You're inherently not a bad guy. But you've done wrong you serve a penance you move on it was the lack of communication and transparency that really got people's goat so I think even if you're in a situation and I really hope that people listening to this don't because I hope they heed our advice and it's just playing for small stakes fine like whatever like no one's falling out over 100 well I mean and if they do they do but I mean like most cases I can't imagine people falling out over a 100 pounds but when you're getting into 200, 300, 500, a thousand, 2000, whatever these leagues can go up to, I think that's the point where you're just like, you need to put fail. You need to put safeguards in place. Yeah. That's just it. And just learn from that lesson. Uh, and that's all we're saying. And yeah, it, exactly what Pestle says. Right? It, it, it's just temptation, naivety. Um, And I think that's, that's it. Right. And then, but look, I don't want to credit an individual who didn't pay fees, but he has paid them. So like the bottom line is it shows a little bit of character that he's paid them. Like some people could have after the abuse and being offline and whatever could have not paid it and just gone. Mm. Stuck two fingers up at everything. So I'm not saying that is enough. Like I've still blocked the individual because they put me through a lot of grief and it's grief. I didn't need, but yeah, And also the lack of communication, the lack of responding. And I think a lack of maturity and a lack of decency in the way that this was handled is my bone of contention with all of this. I think, yeah, if if he just come out on the 3rd of Jan and said, guys, I'll be honest with you, I just don't have it. But I'll have it by the 31st of Jan and it'll be paid then. I'd, I probably would think very differently about the situation, but I don't. So it is where it is. Um, but we'll move on because it's done. Like I said, and hopefully it's the last time we have to talk about this this sort of thing, but I think it's important just from an education point of view. right? And that's kind of why we talk about it on here for this individual was associated with us. This person has some affiliation with us and other people in the community. It, it's about trust and transparency. I got, I got some crap because I hadn't posted on Twitter about this. And I was like, I gave a nine-minute statement last week about it. <laughs> okay, yeah. you don't listen to the pod. I get it. But don't say, like, you. <laughs> I talked about it because I just didn't want my words to be misconstrued. <laughs> so it's why I gave a statement last week. It's why I talked about it for nine minutes yeah. last week was because you have to say something. Um But we're done. So we move on. And we talk about um – let's talk about head coaches and then we'll get into – the uh the super bowl um a lot of hirings in the last couple of days a lot of hirings um we're starting to get to the end game now of all of these these hirings where do you want to kind of start
1: well I, I, this isn't on here but surely we've got to talk about big bill not in a job
2: wild right <laughs> i i don't understand in a world where Dave Canellas, a one-year offensive coordinator, gets a job where uh, Dan Quinn, we'll talk about this, Dan Quinn, Raheem Morris get a job, but Bill doesn't. Like, do some of these franchises just think that he's washed or do they not think he's in it for the long haul? I'm genuinely surprised that, say, someone like the commanders didn't go to Bill and say, Here's a blank slate. Do what you want to do. We'll learn from
1: you. Hmm. I'm in a, I'm in a group. It was a dynasty group chat on WhatsApp, and it's turned into the group now. And it's now Washington nonsense, and it is. It's. I don't. Know, it's primarily a group chat for a league, but no one really talks about anything other than the Washington Commanders uh, at the moment, which is fine. And um, yeah, they they were saying. A couple of them are saying how Biennemi should have been given a chance because he was the next best, the next big thing a couple of years ago. But then there's there's some talk about how he's worked the players too hard, and some of the players were moaning about it, so they didn't perhaps want him as the head coach. And yes, weird, weird. Well, I think
2: I think the Biennemi thing, right? We talked about this a couple of years ago. The Biennemi, Biennemi he had gone through multiple processes where he hadn't been given a job. And I remember a couple of years ago saying this guy can't interview. Well, Mm. like he can't, he clearly can't interview well because he is getting passed over for every single job going. And it's like, there's gotta be more to it than that. Like he's been looked at by a third of the league for a head coaching position. And a third of the
1: league has passed. Even his own and current franchise has passed.
2: Yeah, exactly that, <laughs> which I think tells you a lot. And it's not like they've passed for the next big thing. Like, if they passed for the next big thing, like they went and got Ben Johnson from the from the Lions, I'd have gone, yeah, I get it. Okay, fine. Remember Dan Quinn? Where's <laughs> Dan Quinn? Like, Dan Quinn is about as uninspiring a head coaching job offer you can get like i look at a franchise like washington who have inherently had huge organizational problems for the last five seven ten years and like your answer to that from going from riverboat ron is effectively let's have more of the same please with dan quinn what like (laughs) it's just Mind-numbingly dumb. Like, and I've got nothing against Dan Quinn. I think Dan Quinn's a great defensive coordinator. I actually think he's probably going to be okay as a head coach. Okay. Like, he was fine as a Falcons head coach. Yes, and, and people can say, he took him to a Super Bowl. Yeah, he did. He also blew the Super Bowl horrendously, by the way. But let's forget all of that. It's just a very uninspiring hire. Like, if I was a fan of the commanders, I'd be looking at that thinking like, seriously we turned down the opportunity to go and get these were some of the names that they interviewed right so Ben Johnson he said no Mike McDonald okay so he went to the Seahawks which you'll we'll talk about Raheem Morris okay so he went to Atlanta uh Bobby Slowick he decided to stay Eric Bieming you mentioned Aaron Glenn um Anthony Weaver but they didn't interview bill belichick as an organization who has just completely struggled as an organization like i'd have thrown everything if i was the commanders to bill belichick because if nothing else what you will get is someone who will do a complete top to bottom review with the organization and this is a guy who's won a lot and i'm not saying that he will necessarily produce a great caliber on the field team right now or even in a short period maybe even his tenure but what he will do is he'll organize the organization for success going forward so even if say his let's say he does a three-year tenure and it doesn't work out brilliantly on the field like he they see improvement every year but it's maybe not quite enough but he'll put processes in place for long-term success it's like when Brady came to the Bucks a bit different because he won in year one but the Buccaneers organization is better because Brady's been in it. Because he inspired leadership, he got people to act up. He got he bought a culture and a mentality that the standards have maintained even after he left. That's like the best legacy you can ever have. And the guy was a quarterback. Imagine what Bill Belichick would have done to an organization. Like, yeah, just think. I kind of don't mind Atlanta passing. Like, I I wouldn't, but like they've gone with a fairly successful young, I was a youngish head coach who has been around the league a long time. Like, fine, I get it. You can build a five-year plan on someone like Raheem Morris. I wouldn't choose Raheem Morris over with Belichick, but okay. But Dan Quinn, <laughs> like, come on, Dave Canales of 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 the bucket, like. I like Dave Canales. I think he's a he's an okay offensive coordinator. But we're giving that guy a job, and we're not giving Bill Belichick a job. Like, I just think it's nuts. I just think <laughs> I, I I just don't get it. Like I don't get. Like I get that the last few years in 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 New England were bad. Like I get it. We had like three bad years in twenty five years.
1: You'd you'd take that. You'd take three God bad years would. and five Super Bowls.
2: Six.
1: Six.
2: Won six. Won six Super Bowls. Won like 13 division titles or whatever. Maybe more than that. I don't even know. The guy the guy's a winner. But he but he, it's not just that. It's not even the fact he was just a head coach. He was a GM. So even if you're like, okay, look, maybe we'll have you like be um what Bruce Arians is, some sort of like consultant on the field or whatever, but we'll make you the GM we give you all the power and structure to do what you want to do. Mm. But no one did it. I, I just think, I just don't think you can leave that kind of experience. I, you have to be bold to leave that kind of experience and just say, yeah, no thanks. Especially yeah, when you're an organization that doesn't, that has historical problems in your organization, but also doesn't have a history of, of winning in recent times. Like, okay, mm. commanders won a lot in the eighties. Good luck to them. When Joe Gibbs was there, yeah, great. That's the '80s, in the 2020s. It's a long time. Falcons <laughs> haven't won anything. What the Falcons won? A couple of NFC Souths, one Super Bowl appearance. Panthers, a couple of Super Bowl appearances, no Super Bowl titles. Like, you're really, really going to just pass on this guy? You're not even going to phone him up and see what his gauge level of interest is? he was interesting going to Atlanta. He interviewed twice. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's strange. I just think like I, people are going to sit at me and say like the arguments. Are, oh, well, the last three years are bad. Yeah, I get it. The last three years are bad. Oh, he's washed. It's a different game. Yeah, whatever. It's. I'm not even talking about what the on the field product, just the organization that he will build will be great. And if you've got a crap mm. organization like the commanders do, I'd have given him what he wanted. <laughs> I'd have paid him whatever he wanted, fifty million. Yeah, fine, do it.
1: I'd have done and, it. and and Mike Vrabel as well. He's currently without a job.
2: Uh, I'm kind of like, uh, I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I got a bit of heat when I said that Mike Vrabel deserved to be fired.
1: Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying he didn't deserve to be fired, but of all the hirings and stuff, and yeah. the fact that he's just gone under the radar for any of them.
2: Yeah, it's... I mean, I I get it, and then I don't get like. I'm less aggrieved. I'm I'm less aggrieved, but I think maybe I actually think a year out for Mike Vrabel will probably do him the world of good.
0: Mm, I actually think he's
2: probably better off just sitting out. And I think he he didn't participate in too many interviews, like he didn't go too far. I think a year out for him will probably do him the world of good. Maybe he goes and be a coordinator somewhere for a year. Maybe he takes a year out. I don't know. I think he, he probably needed a change. I don't think you can go from like one head coaching job to another head coaching job without any form of break. After you've been fired and expect that to kind of work, it's pretty standard. Like a, a coach that gets fired doesn't really go and walk, And like Bill Belichick is very different because it's a very different level of coach. But anybody else, I can't remember in recent history a coach being fired and then getting a head coaching job like a week later. Like it, it just doesn't really happen.
1: That makes sense. I hadn't thought of that. <clears throat> yeah, hadn't thought of
2: that. But I mean, it's, it's interesting. I, I think um, the Seahawks have, have been really bold with their choice in Mike McDonald. I mean, he's the youngest head coach now in the league. I think he's done a good job. It'd be interesting because he's inexperienced. Um, I, yeah, I, I didn't really see that one coming from the Seahawks. Um, they've gone from well, <laughs> probably the oldest head coach in the league to the youngest. <laughs> I think it's just... Interesting, but, you know, they've got some fun pieces there, um, Seattle, so it would be interesting to see what they do. And they are an organization that do tend to give people time. So from that side of it, kind of makes sense. We talked about Raheem Morris. I, I have a bit of a soft spot for Raheem Morris. You know, he did lead the Bucks to a 10-win season and didn't get into a playoffs when he won 10 games, <laughs> which is just wild.
0: Mm.
2: <laughs> this is back when it was 16 games as well. He lost on tiebreakers, which is just like, that's just bad well. luck. Yeah. Um, I like, but he was very young then. And then he's done a good job as a defensive coordinator at LA. And, you know, like he's a good fundamental coach. Is it inspiring? I don't know. It's I, I wish him well, he's a good, he's a really good bloke. Like as a coach and a person, He's a good bloke. I'm I'm happy for him, but I don't know if if that's necessary. Though it's weird now because now we're in the league of the the NFC South is effectively the Buccaneers division because you've got the Buccaneers in it, you've got the Panthers who are coached by a former offensive coordinator <laughs> Dave Canellis. and then you have um, the Falcons that are hired, that are being run by um, Raheem Morris, former head coach. I mean, all you need is John Gruden to come back and coach the Saints, and you've got a full set.
1: And hey, look, that could happen.
2: <laughs> he's out of a job. Of, I don't know if he's still, like, cancelled from the NFL. Uh, but it'd be interesting. But the um, Ravens didn't waste any time in replacing um, Mike McDonald because they hired Zach Orr internally, which is a, uh, you know, a, a strong way. I don't know too much about Zach Orr, but he's very well respected. And, yeah, good luck to him uh, on that. But this next hire, I'm going to let you talk about it because it's just, just mind-blowing. <laughs>
1: I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Arthur Smith hired as the new Steelers offensive coach. Pitsy, if you're still watching, help brother out here because I know you are not inspired by this <laughs> whatsoever. Is anyone inspired by it? Uh, so,
2: Stacy, who writes the waiver wire colours for us, I, I sent him the link when he was like he was being seriously considered for the job. And he was like, um, and I'll have to pull the quote up of what he says to me, which is... <clears throat> This is a terrible audio. It's
0: um, mad, right? I I,
2: I I went to him. I said, uh, he said to me, just effing shoot me now and get it over with. I went, agree that I'd be a terrible hire. And then literally posted the note and I went, have you got your gun loaded? And he went, I live in Kentucky, always have a gun ready. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh,
2: wow. I mean, like, it's... you might as well just... I mean, Deontay Johnson's like R.I.P. George Pickens, R.I.P. Yeah, gone. I was yeah. like then Matt Canada got fired, I was like, yeah, we're going to free some players. No, nope. we just killed them again.
1: <laughs> yeah, you took them off of you took them off of one barge onto an island for a couple of weeks, and then you loaded them to another barge the other side, which is exactly the same. Uh, I just, all of a sudden, I've just got that Simpsons gif that's just come straight into mind. Like,
2: stop it. He's already dead.
0: (laughs) There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify.
2: <laughs> that's kind yeah. of how I feel about George Pickett and Deontay Johnson right now oh, it's just like yeah great they've been free from Matt Canada for like five games and now they get Arthur Smith
1: because Kenny Pickett's still the quarterback as well that wild? I,
2: I can't see how that's going to continue do you think yeah. I, I was thinking about landing spots for Justin Fields how do we feel about Justin Fields to Pittsburgh
1: <laughs> what with Arthur Smith <laughs> I, mean, I don't I, hate I, it do we are we are we completely sold now that justin fields is on the move i i mean i am
2: i've said it for weeks i i you don't have the number one pick with caleb williams there and i'm not the biggest caleb williams lover but you don't have the opportunity to draft caleb williams and then go nah, i'll stick with justin fields who's terrible yeah, that's fair. I'd if you're a new head coach or you're, well, you're you're on the hot seat, effectively, like Matt Matt Eberfuss is on the hot seat. Like he is, his bum is hotter than anybody else because he's literally like all his coaching staff got fired. <laughs> so he's like, I imagine Matt Eberflus will be gone by week seven of the 2024 season. That's kind of my my prediction. So week seven, week eight, he'll be he'll be gone. Um, so he's going to be gone and then it's like, you got a new-ish GM there. I I don't want to be tied to Justin Fields. No thanks. The guy's lost like 60-something percent of his games. It's well, like I mean, it has got like a 60 completion percentage.
1: He's better than anyone Pittsburgh has on their roster right now, right? Uh, yeah, but listen, <laughs> with, all <due> respect,
2: <laughs> with all due respect, Kenny Pickett is beyond terrible. I mean, you have to give him some allowances that he's had Matt Canada as a play caller. But yeah, I mean, like, for me, Mason Rudolph is the best quarterback
1: on that roster. Yeah, I was going to say, Mason Rudolph wasn't terrible. No.
2: But I sit there and think, well, you've got an interesting one because actually, do you know who I would think would be really good? If you can get him under control, which, uh, given it's (laughs) Arthur Smith, is probably not great. I would like to see Sam Howe get a second life.
1: I, don't, I yeah, I don't hate that. I like Sam Howe. I think yeah. Sam Howe I mean you, you the reason he was partially as I say terrible, that's not fair. I mean the guy got hit so many times. <laughs>
2: uh, he had no offensive line at all. And then and also the was just like, yeah, just chuck it fifty times again, just see what happens. I mean, on one part yeah, cool. They just let him. They let him roam, but I don't feel like he got coached. I don't feel like he got <laughs> better. Like I don't feel like someone sat him down and like worked him out. Like, hey, this is a way that you can improve. Which I think, like in a Mike Tomlin setup, he will put those in place because the one thing you can say about like a guy like Mike Tomlin is he's taken very average rosters and got the absolute maximum out of them.
0: Mm.
2: Like people sit here and and like complain about Mike Tomlin, like oh, he's won, like, three playoff games in the last 10 years. I was like, yeah, but he made the playoffs every year, which hampers his continual, like, uplift. Like, the yeah. guy's not not picking in the top 10, so he never gets top talent. Um, like, yeah, he can only work with the team that's been assembled for him, and I think he he literally, there's not a coach in the NFL that gets more out of their team. then then he does. I think he genuinely like maxes out the group of players that he gets every single year. And it's just, I don't think he's ever had an elite group of players. I think that like since Ben's left and Super Bowl runs, I don't think they've had an elite group of players. I think they've had some good players and I think they've had a couple of an elite player, a couple of elite players, but I don't think they've had a collectively like elite squad. And I think that that, when you're picking in the 20s every year it's hard to do <laughs> so yes, i think is. that if you can if you can give them something exciting i think that will help i think for like if i was looking at sam how i would i'd would love to move to pittsburgh because i genuinely think they'll get the best out of him that they can and i think there is a player in there i'm with you but it looks like it looks like both chicago and washington will go quarterback Fundamentally makes the most amount of sense to me that both those teams do. Um, we'll see what happens. <laughs>
1: It'll be interesting. Mm, I hate it when bad teams get good quarterbacks and then it's just, <laughs> I know that's how the NFL works and stuff, but yeah, that's just, it's, it's interesting, May. right?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, Ideally, I'd like Drake May to go somewhere else than Washington. <laughs> um, I'd like Washington to trade. Down. Do you know what? I wouldn't hate a Washington trade down at two.
1: Because they're, we'll
2: well, they're not a quarterback away.
1: They're no, like, that's true.
2: So if you bring Jake, Drake May in, are they going to be playoff contenders? I don't think they are. So I think why waste that rookie contract? I think get a haul of Picks. Let someone come up like Atlanta at seven would make sense um there's a few teams there that could that could reach up and and grab drake may let them pay the king's ransom it would take
1: to get to and do you know who likes paying king's ransoms for possible nothingness miami well yeah Miami but they do have two I was thinking of Denver you know we gave up a whole load for Russell we gave up some stuff for Sean I mean yeah Still, you're I mean, out. Of, you're, yeah you don't have a play yeah I just don't think you've got the capital to get up there but yeah no we don't but it, it wouldn't surprise me if they sold like the east wing of mile high and gave the concession <laughs> money each week from them to <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah Listen, we can't give you two first rounds, but we can give you a first round and all the money each week from the East Stand and Mile High. How's that?
2: Yeah, and, and we're going to rename the the money East Stand <laughs> as the Washington Commanders Stand. Yeah, Fe- FedEx Stand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't because yeah, that the would so, Field.
2: That would be so funny. For that saying, that just... would genuinely be hilarious.
1: But I, would, I wouldn't mind if we ended up with Drake May because I'm never going to a game on the East Stand, am I? So hey, <laughs> yeah, the FedEx Washington Commanders East Stand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be genuinely
2: funny. Like I think I, I would, I would, I, I, yeah, and I think we're paying that. That would be good. I'd enjoy that. I can't yeah. see it, but that would be great. <laughs> I'd go for it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Well, let's get our campaign started. Let's start getting some sources. We'll start leaking it out. I'll contact, like, rap sheet and say, hey, I'm hearing that
1: the, <laughs> <laughs> the lease for that part of the ground is up, and they're going to give it to Washington. For a dollar, a dollar a year. Oh, man.
2: <laughs> That'd be so great. Um, yeah. But there, it's, it, it's definitely an interesting time. We should actually probably, since we're 50... Four minutes into the show, I haven't talked about any of this. One thing I will do before we move on to that I'll list the current so all the head coaching positions have been filled, all the GM positions have been hired. Um, there is one, <laughs> there is one uh defensive coordinator position I did want to talk about, which is about the Packers because this is about the most Packers hire I've ever seen. So the Packers have hired um Boston College head coach Jeff uh, Hafley as their next defensive coordinator, and he's going to fit right in. I've talked about for about three or four years maybe even five years that the Packers can't stop the run and uh, Boston College last year were giving up 181 yards per game against the run
0: (laughs) he's going to fit straight
2: in hey what's your plan coach don't worry about the run like it's fine (laughs) just let it go it's like the most perfect fit of like yeah well we can't stop the run that's cool nor can I great when can you start job done Great interview that guys, like amazing. Um, so coordinated positions that are to be filled. Buccaneers need a new offensive coordinator. They actually need like most of their offensive team because they've all gone to Carolina with Dave Canellis. Um, so we'll see who they hire. They're in midst of interviewing, because they're interviewing, I think, everybody and their mother at the moment. Um Every day I say, "Oh, so and so's been interviewed for the job." It's like, "Oh, good, nice thorough search." Uh, the Titans need no see. The Giants need a defensive coordinator. The Saints need an offensive coordinator. The Patriots need an offensive coordinator. The Dow boys now need a new, uh, Cowboys now need a Cowboys now need new defensive coordinator because they just lost Dan Quinn.
1: I do like Dowboys, uh, though. Dow because... boys
2: for... <laughs> How about them Dowboys? Yeah. Cowboys need a defensive coordinator. The Dolphins, this is quite a cool story. So the Dolphins need a defensive coordinator and they are interviewing Rams' assistant, Chris Shuler, who, yes, that name is familiar because he is the grandson <laughs> of Don Schuler, famed Dolphins head coach. Imagine that. Hey, so what are your credentials for this job? Well, my granddad was the best coach you've ever had in the history of the franchise. You're in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're
2: hired. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can just sell more Shuler me- merchandise, like done. Uh, and then the Raiders need an offensive coordinator. But all the head coaching jobs have been filled, all the GM uh, positions have been filled. So getting near the end of this now, I reckon in about a week or so, I reckon by Super Bowl, we'll probably much have most of these locked and, and done. So nice. getting there. we're down to the last date, And then I can't imagine these teams will lose a coordinator unless they get hired. Well, they're not going to get hired as head coach, so imagine it be as, as they are. So, championship round of games. We do have a Super Bowl. It is the Chiefs versus the 49ers. We've seen this story before. Just four years ago. <laughs> where Patrick Mahomes won his first Super Bowl um, championship and first Super Bowl MVP uh, as he beat Jimmy Garoppolo in the 49ers. It's not Jimmy Garoppolo this time. It is Brock Purdy, but coaching staffs are relatively similar, um, same head coaches, so much the same. So, mm-hmm. um, they got the hair in very different ways. <laughs> um, the Chiefs absolutely, their defense were incredible. By the way, like I've I've sang a lot of praises. And Steve has coached brilliantly this season, um, but yeah, for him to put that game plan again like they completely stuff i mean I, for me the ravens were badly that game plan didn't work it was terrible they made a lot of mistakes but there were some great defensive plays like they're causing the fumble on the goal line so zay flowers didn't get in the in the end zone um you know they made a lot a of, lot of big stops a lot of big plays uh constant turnovers like the the, the chiefs defense was incredible because our offense has been stuttering all season long so uh yeah good good result for the Chiefs
1: and then the I, 49ers, I saw yeah? sorry Murph, before you talk about the 49ers I saw a stat that said the Ravens had the number one rushing offense in the NFL this year and ran the ball the least amount of times in this year per game against the Chiefs and they threw it the third most times they had all season against the Chiefs so they went away from absolutely everything that worked and
2: yeah. six running back carries. It's crazy, and three Lamar Jackson design runs.
1: It it, it was think,
2: ludicrous. Like I didn't get that game plan. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, Lamar Jackson's getting a lot of the heat because he did throw a ball in the triple coverage, which it was bad. But I, I just think it was a really de- it was a really poorly designed. Yeah, it was game. awful. It was really badly called by Tom Bunking. His inexperience in that situation showed. Um, and it showed in a big way. I think they'll look, they they were the number one season favorites for a reason. I think the 49ers are probably the biggest <laughs> the biggest beneficiaries of this result because I just don't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have given the 49ers a chance in this game. Um, whereas I do against the, the, the Chiefs. So it's interesting. But yeah, I think a uh, badly, badly caught game. But the Ravens' D was incredible in this game. Like they really kept them in it. Uh, for a long long time like to hold the chiefs to 17 points that half of the ball definitely does have to go to the super bowl it wasn't any reflection of their performance here and then and then we got the lions and i love the do or die attitude that dan campbell has but it's so interesting because everyone's like calling him out for his aggressive play calling they're up 17 points at the half now here's what's crazy against the Buccaneers he wasn't that aggressive he really sort of toned it down. Didn't really go for it on fourth down. Played field position. Made smart decisions. Kept the scoreboard ticking over. In this game, he went sod that. I'm gonna go for it on fourth down. Turned down points, and they lost the game. I, I just think when you're up 17, and then you're up, you know, you're up 10, the opportunity to continually score points and keep putting pressure on the opposition. Is massive. They scored with seven seconds left in the second half, or in the first half, end of the first half, second quarter, to go 24-7 up. So effectively the last possession of the first half. And then they don't score for almost an entire 30 minutes. And you just can't do that in that situation. They mm-hmm. completely let the 49ers back into this game. Credit to the 49ers, it takes a lot of guts to come back from that kind of deficit, and they got through it. Um, again just continually putting points on the board scoring on consecutive drives putting that pressure on putting the pressure on you know then they go up by they go up by 10 um with three minutes to go and yeah you know they get one back the lions but damage is done just a big 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 i dan campbell will look at that again he'll have nightmares he will have nightmares because i just think in that situation it's a you know I think there is there is ways that you'll be too conservative, and I think there's ways in which you could be too aggressive. We saw this in the NFC Championship game a few years ago when Matt LaFleur was far too conservative against the Buccaneers, where he went for a field goal instead of going for the touchdown, given that he was fourth and goal. He was like, well, I need two scores, so I'll kick the field goal, give the Bucs the ball back. And you're like, yeah, but you're four from goal. Like, you're only eight inches or you're eight yards from the line. Like, you might as well go for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, They didn't. They gave the ball back. Tom Brady knows how to eat clock better than anybody. So, uh, you know, that's too conservative. This is too aggressive, going for it when you can put points on the board. I think it's there's a a balance. The, The good coaches have that balance. They know when to go for it, when not to go for it. And it's... But he's done a heck of a job, you know. People are throwing him under the bus, and it's like, well, he's turned that yeah. franchise around from what was a laughing stock to one of the most enjoyable, watchable teams in the NFL. Like, you got to give the guy a lot of credit, but yeah. yeah, he will have nightmares of that for for quite a while. So, it's a shame. It's a predictable Super Bowl. The general consensus I feel is that people aren't all that excited for it, which I don't blame him. I'm not. I'm not saying it's one that I'm overly inspired to to see. Um, no disrespect to the teams in it, of course. Just, I think we've seen this record before. Um, Andy no, Reid has, has made the championship game in 44% of his career. What, the Super Bowl? No, the cha- the championship game. So the round before the Super Bowl. He's 44%. Made 44%. And you think how long his career's been? What, 24, 25 years?
1: That's disgusting.
2: Incredible, right? He's made the last six, seven championship
1: games. That is, that is an unbelievable statistic.
2: It's mad. It, it genuinely is like beyond belief, like how good a job they're doing, and like they've lost out to Tom Brady twice. (laughs) They lost out to Joe Burrow and the Bengals, and that's yeah. I think that's it.
1: When you, then you look at their roster, and they have t- they have Travis Kelsey, obviously Patrick Mahomes, but outside of Travis Kelsey, they don't have a star. And then their defense is just angry, and obviously they've got uh, Chris Jones. But yeah. I love their
2: I love their D. Steve Spagnolo is a is a highly underrated coach, and he's done an incredible job. Yeah. And he has done for years. I, I was Steve Spagnola got like four Super Bowl rings as a DC. Like, guys, incredible. Like, people who don't know who he is, go go and look him up. Like, incredible career that he's having. Um, and he is for me the big reason that they're here. It's not Mahomes, it's not the Mahomes magic, it's not the offensive magic. It's, it's all about this defense, and it's going to be interesting against uh, Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy, who'll become mm. the second ever. Mr. Irrelevant to win a
1: Super Bowl if he does it. Um, really? Yep. No, somebody else. What as a quarterback? No,
2: first ever as a quarterback. Right, okay. Second ever Mr. Relevant.
1: Ryan Suckup. The first?
2: Ryan Suckup. Really a kicker. Excellent.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Ryan Suckup. He'll it, also be the only Mr. Irrelevant from the team that drafted him, who will be <laughs> who would who would win the Super Bowl.
1: Love that! Good so, stat. I did not know Ryan Suckup was Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, Mr.
2: Mr. Yeah, Ryan Suckup, Mr. Relevant, uh, first Mr. Relevant to win the Super Bowl. Um, Brock Purdy is the latest um, quarterback drafted to play in a Super Bowl since Brad Johnson for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in two thousand and three. Who was drafted in the? I think he was the two hundred fourteenth pick.
1: Well, that that stat can never be broken now because unless the draft gets bigger.
2: (laughs) Well, you you say that it can technically be broken because you can get extra comp
1: picks. Are they after Mr. Irrelevant?
2: No, but they obviously shoved down 262, I think Brock Purdy was. So you could have a year where there's more comp picks than there were in that draft. And Mr. Irrelevant could be like 264
1: or 265. Uh, Okay, no, yeah, gotcha. All right, fair. So he
2: could be slightly later. But, yeah, we're talking about it's going to be like three or four. Pit. It's not going to be later than Mr. Irrelevant, but it will be like a slightly later number if we're being realistic. I have,
1: a, I have a, a final stat, Murph, about the Super Bowl, which you probably already know. But did you know no Alabama player has ever scored a point in the Super Bowl?
2: I did not know that. That is yeah. bad. Really?
1: Yep. Yeah, I, I, that got put in a group chat um, I was in, and I was thinking that cannot be true. So I Googled it, and it is true. And you know what makes it even better is the uh, Coast Guard College. They have a kicker who has scored a point in a Super Bowl, uh, <laughs> and no Alabama player has ever scored a point. You're Googling it, aren't you? You do not believe yeah. me. <laughs> no, I
2: do. I'm just, I'm just shocked. It's,
1: I don't don't know about defensive. Someone might have scored like a pick six or something. But yeah, offensively, I know for a fact that no player has ever scored a point in the Super Bowl.
2: That's mad.
1: When you think about Uh, Alabama as a college.
2: Yeah, that's, that's, that's absolutely crazy. (laughs) 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 I just genuinely shocked. So, and is that, that's gonna extend right because I don't yeah because Alabama- no
1: one's no there's no Alabama playing this year <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is mad that is mad oh by the way mm-hmm. I've just looked up so I've looked up um, 143 colleges have scored a point in the Super Bowl um do you want to guess the top five schools?
1: Uh, I think if you scroll to the very bottom of this list, then um, that is where you will see the Coast Guard. Uh, it's I in the next like...
2: paragraph. It's like, even the Coast Guard Academy have gotten into an yeah. extra point by Washington's <laughs> Kurt Knight and a 14-7 loss in Super Bowl Seven.
1: <laughs> I I have seen this list, and I cannot remember the top five. Uh, okay, I'm going to go with Florida. They've got to be up there. S- second, 82 okay. points. Uh, Oregon, nope. Oh, okay. I want to say very traditional
2: schools. I would say that uh, our good friends Lee and Pitsy are well represented in this list.
1: And Pitsy, yeah.
2: Do you remember? Uh, well, Pitsy he's on.
1: All... Yeah, he, he's not really a Penn State fan, is he? Are they out oh, there? Okay, so Penn State a third. Miami a first.
2: Miami first. 84. Florida 82. Penn State 81. And then it's a big drop. Fourth and fifth is a tie.
1: Is I mean, Tennessee one of those two? No. I was thinking Peyton Manning scored a few points.
2: No, uh, uh, Notre Dame and uh, Cal.
1: I would never have got Cal.
2: Yeah. So there you are. Finish always with end, some
1: statistics. Always okay. end
2: with a start. Um, yeah, so we're going to have a guest next week. Very excited. that uh, A good friend of the show is coming back. We're going to start doing... I talked about this last week, and we just didn't get guests lined up for this week. So we're going to start doing player reviews by position from 2023. So um, we're going to have our good friend Pat Fitzmorris back next week. I'm buzzing to speak to Pat. Uh, he's going to come on and he's going to talk about running back. So we're going to analyze the running back position from 2023. What went well in fantasy football? What didn't go well in fantasy football? What can we learn from the 2023 season into 2024? So it's going to be a fun time. So join Pat. We'll be starting ever so slightly earlier next week at the time of 6.55 because Pat has to go at 7.55. So 5 to 7 to 5 to 8. To tune in next week, it's going to be a great show. Uh, also, don't forget to do sign up for the FFCC. We're nearing about £1,800 pounds of donations. Uh, over 100 people signed up, which is amazing. Uh, so make sure you sign up for that. I want to get it to be the biggest one ever. I'd love to get 512
1: people there this year. That sounds fantastic, my man. And it's uh, all for a well worthy cause. Not that they're not, but this one is specific. Uh, specifically important to us, I'm gonna go with. So uh yeah, thank you for signing up. Yeah,
2: Yeah. they're a great bunch of people. There, we're gonna get someone um from Crohn's and Colitis to join us on the pod in the summer. Um there's also talk that I might go on the Crohn's and Colitis podcast in return and talk and talk about um having ulcerative colitis, which um yeah is not great fun having, but uh, if well, you saw the I... traitors, you would have seen that someone with ulcerative colitis uh, got all the way the final two and then made the wrong decision. <laughs> Spoiler, but it's been a week, so if you haven't watched it, you're probably not
1: gonna. Yeah, we uh, we watched it, it was good. Best uh, show on Tally, yeah. Although, I would I think the final could be like not shorter, but I feel like the final just get to the meat of it quicker. Because it just—we all know what's going to happen. We just want to know what's going to happen. Like you, you don't need—I oh, need like to.
2: attention. I think it's good. I thought you were going to say the only way it would be better is if the actual players got murdered instead of pretending to get murdered. That'd be a dark twist.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have said that. That's that's beyond <laughs> my. That is beyond my darkness. But oh, somebody I used to work with a long time ago messaged me on Facebook saying they saw your. Uh, I was tagged in your post about colitis and they got diagnosed last year with it so oh wow there was a shout out for us for raising money for it so which it's always nice
2: no it's good it, it look it's an important disease not just because i've got it right i mean that's an easy thing to say like i've got this disease and therefore it it's just pertinent but ultimately the biggest thing with this disease is i should have been diagnosed about three or four years ago and had I been diagnosed three or four years ago, I would be in a much better position with my with my disease than I am. And it's because I wasn't aware. And it's literally the numbers are scary. Over half a million people in the UK have this. That's just that unknown about. There's probably at least another 500,000 people, if not more, who are undiagnosed. And it's not that it's difficult to diagnose. It's just people don't know about it. So you're Mm. talking about potentially a million people suffer from Crohn's or colitis in this country. And it's, it's a scary disease because it's, it's a chronic illness. It doesn't go away. It, 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 the only way you get rid of it is to cut the bowel out. If you have colitis, if you have Crohn's, it never goes away because you can't cut that part of the bowel out. So it's, it's genuinely scary and it affects people at our age more than any other demographic. So it's pertinent to this podcast in particular because people listening to this are mm. at, at the highest risk of this disease. But I'm in a, a, a group of colitis and Crohn's sufferers. I see babies as young as two getting diagnosed with this. Uh, Molly, who was on the traitors, got diagnosed um, at 11. Yep. It was heartbreaking, like the kids that young. And she had um, her bowel removed when she was 18. So, um, yes. You know, it's it's just it's a really terrible disease. So anything we can do to raise awareness, and, and again, I'll continue to talk about it. And if you if you suffer from um I'm not gonna read the symptoms because they're they're quite gruesome and it's a family show, but if you if you are suffering with your stools and want some advice, then I'm happy to talk to absolutely anybody about this. I'm very open about my journey and process uh with this terrible disease. And um yeah, if if people can get tested and diagnosed earlier you have a much better chance of getting it under control it's not by the yeah, way okay. i'm not it wasn't typical bloke of i put this off i put this off i was tested for
0: uh,
2: probably about 15 different things <laughs> yeah um and uh, you could, have, you could have said everything <laughs> no well it's limited to what you can test um uh, but i was yeah I just kept getting told, you've got a bacterial infection. You've got a bacterial infection. You've got a bacterial Literally, I had seven different diagnoses. Five of them were just, yeah, you've got bacterial infection. You've got heliobacter. You've got this. You've got that. And I'm like, I prepare most of my own food. And i have kitchen hygiene trained. <laughs> mm. It's not bacteria. So anyway, that's what I mean. So, and also, and if I had the awareness to know what this disease was, I'd have pushed for a test a lot sooner and I'd have been diagnosed a lot sooner. I certainly wouldn't have had the troubles and continued struggles I have with it. So yeah, it's it's important to get tested. But anyway, enough about that. Sign up to the FFCC. Um, it's yeah, it's going to be the best tournament yet. Definitely I've got a few surprises in mind when we get to bigger numbers. But it's been a phenomenal start. Uh I really appreciate all the support from from everybody. Um and looking forward to getting to five hundred and twelve people this year and having a really, really fun uh tournament. We added something cool last year. I hope we can do something cool again this year.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Do go get signing up, Rush Nation. Well, that it's 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 a week and a bit to the Super Bowl, I think now. So exciting times ahead! Rush Nation, go out, and get yourself some Nutella, Nutella patellas, and uh, no Nutella tendons. Yeah. yeah, There's there's work to be done, but yeah, go down Campbell yourself some Nutella patellas, and uh, we'll see you next week. As always, don't forget, keep rushing.